He's kind of like the Joe Rogan of the hospitality industry right now. One of the biggest learnings was for our actual apartment complexes, we had third-party property managers, and they really mm. managed and dealt with all of the day-to-day operation. But I think what I realized with the short-term rental space is that how critically important it is to just have a strong operations and customer service team. It's not just short-term rental. It's like truly like a hospitality business. And you have to be excellent every single day in order to build a business. Long-term renting an apartment and like actually like building a hospitality company are just truly two different things. But for me, helping people and interacting with people, I really thrive on that. So for me and my skill set, it really fits. You're listening to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast, a podcast for those who are in and around the hospitality industry who love, live, and breathe what they do. You can join us for candid and unscripted conversations with hospitality experts and founders as we go deeper into their personal stories while they're sharing their triumphs and trials that got them to where they are today. I'm your host, Will Slickers, and you're listening to an episode of Slick Talk, the Hospitality Podcast. Now, let's begin. What's up, everybody? In this episode, I interview Brittany and Derek, who are the founders of Nectar. And in this episode, we discover what Nectar is, what they do, how they got started in the industry, but then also diving into balancing their personal lives as a married couple that's also co-founders with kids. They're doing so much and entrepreneurship is nothing new to them. But what does it take to really grow a successful company like Nectar as also they had their own previous real estate portfolio in the short-term rental and long-term rental industry. And I want to give a quick shout out to Andrew McConnell for doing an intro to uh, Derek and Brittany, because not only did I meet Derek through Daniel Cruz, who is the CEO and founder of Wash B&B, but Andrew rekindled that connection and made sure that we had an opportunity to chat and create this episode for you. So I hope you guys enjoy. And now back to the episode. This episode is sponsored by our friends at Journey. If you haven't heard of Journey already, you need to go check them out, J-U-R-N-Y.com, and go to the link in the show notes. Let them know that Will Slicker sent you. Click on the drop-down menu that you heard this from a podcast or from Hospitality FM, our podcast network, and just do a demo of their unified platform. I think if you are about tech and if you're about systems and operations and building out a really seamless structure for your company, then you need a demo with Journey. Get that done and let them know Will sent you. And if you do, you'll get up to 10 free smart locks for your property or properties. Depending on however many properties you need or have, then you will get those smart locks for your property if you just demo and sign up. So check them out, jurny.com. And now back to the episode. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Slick Talk, the Hospitality Podcast. Again, I'm your host, Will Slickers. And today I have the lovely Brittany and Derek, who are the co-founders of Nectar, joining me on the show today. So instead of talking for a whole lot in the beginning of the episode, I'm just going to welcome you to the show and really excited to dive in with you guys. We're excited to be here. Thank you for having us. Yeah, of course. And I know, Derek, you and I got to connect through Daniel, actually, who's the CEO and founder of Wash B&B. And then we got reintroduced through Andrew McConnell from Rented. 
who kind of gave me more of a highlight of what you guys are doing at Nectar. But before I butcher anything, as I normally do, I would love you guys to just jump in and kind of tell us a little bit about your story on how you got into the vacation rental, short-term rental world, leading to the founding of Nectar and what you guys have built. Our journey together has been a long one. We, we met like we were uh, freshmen in college in the same dorm, started a bunch of things together, a bunch of like, you know, businesses. I was on Wall Street for a while at, at, at Goldman Sachs Trading Bonds, started buying real estate when I was in college. That, that got pretty big. Um, so we were real estate entrepreneurs. That's that's what we were doing. You know, that's what we were doing. Um, I was doing large multifamily. Brittany was doing you know smaller multifamily, fifty units or less. And we were like putting up. You know, when you're buying real estate, you have you're always trying to you know you're always raising money. You're always getting mm-hmm. you know to, you have to always put up a new down payment to do your next deal. Um, and uh, and then you don't get paid that much really until you sell. So like you know, we were living deal to deal like like that. Uh, we had a pretty big portfolio. And then Brittany was like, we got to get some cash flow going. Uh, <laughs> and that's how we got into short-term rentals. We already owned like a lot of our um, own apartment complexes all throughout the Southeast. So I said, in order to get into the business, instead of actually going out and buying additional property, let's just start with what we have. Um, so we took a couple of our apartment complexes and set up the units as short-term rentals and the amount that we were making within a very short period of time was really eye-opening. Um, we were tripling what we were making in just normally renting yeah. out the units. And this might be like a 50-unit apartment, yeah. <laughs> like a, like or like a you know 15, 25-unit apartment. So these were like you know. Uh, you know, there were several units, but we were making as much on just the few short-term rentals <laughs> or more on just the few short-term rentals we had as we were making the whole complex. Uh, yeah. So like, that's when we really like figured out that this business had some legs. And so from there, we went out and were more intentional and in purchased properties specifically um, to short-term mm-hmm. rent or to short-term rent. Um, and we grew that business to about 125 units. Um Wow. And it was really cool. It was awesome. Um, one mistake I had made, I'd say, is that uh, I didn't hire a big enough team. And so it was a lot of just me um, fielding like all of the calls and the issues that you get in the middle of the night. Um, yeah. But it was like an awesome experience and really just learned a lot about the short term rental industry in that like period of what, about two years? Yeah, two or three years. And then after that, you know, going through all the you know ups and downs for that, that brought us to Nectar, which, you know, I, I guess I can talk a little bit about the Nectar story. But, you know, we said, hey, this is there's really something here to this short term rental business. Um, and, you know, why don't we take our expertise in like scaling companies and actually help other, uh, you know, real estate entrepreneurs like ourselves uh, by solving what was the biggest challenge for us, like always like capital. How do you like get capital? Yeah. Not have to give up all the upside. And so, you know, through our journey, we figured, hey, you know, there should be more, um, you know, there should be a different way that you can capitalize your business, especially if you have strong cash flow. For sure. And what was, I, I guess, from the long term rent to short term rent, what was the biggest, I guess, hurdle for you? Was it the furnishing? Was it uh, obviously, I know you said you didn't hire a big enough team. So, outside of that, what was a big learning lesson that you guys took away? You're like, man, this is, one really great because like you said the money on the the you know overall capital that you can get from from the short-term rental is a lot more but uh it's also a lot a lot of work uh so what was a big takeaway that you guys had um just with that in general 
Yeah, I mean, I'd say, um, like, for me, one of the biggest learnings was, like, for our actual, like, apartment complexes, we had, like, third-party property managers, and they really mm. managed and dealt with, like, all of the day-to-day operation. Um, but I think what I realized uh, with the short-term rental space is that, like, how critically important it is to just have, like, a strong operations and, like, customer service team. Um like hospitality, like it's not just short-term rental. It's like truly like a hospitality business and you have to like be excellent every single day um, in order to build a business. And yeah, so like renting out, like long-term renting an apartment and like actually like building a hospitality company are just truly two different things. Um, But like for me, like helping people and like interacting with people, like I really thrive on that. So for like me and like my skill set, like it really fit. Yeah. For me, it was like my biggest takeaway is that short term rentals are hard. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of nights and weekends working (laughs) and uh, a lot more turnover. Uh, You get more dollars, but you work for them. (laughs) Yeah, you definitely work for them. Um, I find that, yeah, it's just super fascinating. And to see, you know, how you guys kind of I just it's very interesting to me just to see the long term rental operators and owners really start to be shifting towards this, you know, new wave of real estate um, and hospitality. Like you said, Brittany, I think that's the most important part. A lot of people that I've seen, you know, they get into the industry thinking, oh, it's going to be great. I'm going to make millions of dollars. Uh, It's a real estate portfolio, all this stuff. But it's actually a hospitality business as well. Um, on top of all that, like, so not only do you have to manage an asset, but you have to like manage a guest and a team and expectations and, 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 um, it just keeps going. So it's one definite, uh, big takeaway. I think a lot of people have, um, for you guys. And now I kind of want to, I always love, you know, diving into the founder side of stuff. So it's really great. You guys built this business. Now you've, you've realized that no more operators need to get their cash flow, but you know, being married and having kids and doing all this stuff being a founder of multiple companies of what you guys have started, you, you're not a first time. It's not like Nectar's your guys' first go around at being entrepreneurs. What is that like for you two together? What what kind of structure have you guys had to build around not only just your business, but your family and your personal life? It's a great question and one we don't get a lot, uh, but it's something that we are super intentional about and have for a while. I think we lucked up in that, or I don't know, luck if luck is the word. But like we have been doing it for a long time. Like we've yeah. lived the entrepreneur lifestyle for a long time. And it's a specific lifestyle that is a yeah. grinding lifestyle. You know, you're, you're grinding. You're, 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 even in the highs are higher, the lows are lower. Like, you know, um, and we have built a life that fits our family, like our family and our business and our life just fit with each other. So, mm. you know, sometimes we might have, we sell, you know, we are with our kids. We travel for work sometimes and our kids can travel too. We have yeah. like Brittany's mom and you know, my dad, like our, our families pitches in to make sure that, you know, the holes aren't, you know, things aren't dropping. We're just, you know, they get it. They're at the office sometimes, you know, you know we <laughs> yeah. just, uh, we've built a business for our life and we built a, uh, and we built a life that, you know, um, you know, that works with our business, I think. I don't know. Yeah. And I think uh, for us, like a big, like an important piece, I think in any business, but especially like when you're like married and you're also trying to run a business together is communication. Um, And so we've really, I think that's something that we've evolved on 
<laughs> um, over time. We could all uh, we could all be better communicators. That's for sure. Yes. I've learned that we could all be better <laughs> communicating, no matter how good we think we are. Trust exactly. me, I struggle with that one. So, if once you have a partner who you're good at communicating with yeah. and just figuring things out with and disagreeing but still coming to the right so to the solution you're going to move forward with, it doesn't have to be right. It has to be the thing y'all are going to do and y'all agree to it. Like if you're good at that, that's like a cheat code to having a partner. And um, we are fortunate in that, like you need that for a life partner and you need that for a business <laughs> partner. Uh, and we just figured it out pretty good, which like allows us to like we can go through hard things. You can throw all kinds of stuff at us, like a pandemic where we have a short-term yeah. rental portfolio and another in the in the developing apartment complexes, and we have a new a brand new baby. We had a pandemic baby, and we have to completely restructure our business. And you know, for us, I wouldn't say it was like no problem, but it was like, yeah, you know, it's hard, and we do hard things. And we're good at doing hard things, and, and you have and to talk, communicating through it. Yeah, and I was gonna say, and of course, I think you guys. Being multi-founders, or I don't even know that's a word or a, a term, but <laughs> being a founder multiple times and being through the experience, uh, I think, you, you know, it's not like it's something new. You're not, like, I think we're always kind of figuring it out as we go, but at least you guys have been through the the times where you need to pivot, you need to change, you need to adapt, you need to kind of be resilient and just kind of go with whatever is thrown your way. Um, I'm curious to know, because I'm, I'm completely opposite of you guys. I'm single, no kids, uh, and very, very opposite lifestyles when it comes to the personal life, uh, just based on that, because I have literally no kids, no one here. I'm like a single dude in Denver, so just chilling. Um, but for for you guys, what do you, like from, I don't know, I, I find parenting and entrepreneurship to be similar from an outside perspective in a lot of ways, because I feel like there's a lot of coaching going involved. There's a lot of lessons learned that you can, and I think communication in general, like you said earlier, um, you know, being able to communicate your thought process and your feelings and, 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 and of course, like I keep saying, um, the thing, the list can go on, but for your kids, like, what do they get to see when it comes to, you know, mom and dad running this, you know, successful multiple businesses, uh, and, and that, like, what do you guys translate from entrepreneurship to parenthood? I guess it's the question I'm trying to ask. Hmm, what do we translate from entrepreneurship to parenthood? I'd say one thing is like both of them is a lifestyle and you have to put everything, you, you have to invest into it and you do your best. You like try to think ahead, but you make mistakes and that's okay. And it's like, just like get up and play the next play, you know, get up and do the next thing and be open like with our, with our team, with our, each other and with our kids, we're pretty honest and transparent it's like, you know, we're like, look, like, this is the world, you know, we left the French toast at home. We're halfway to school. We can't go back. <laughs> like, I don't know what you want. I'm upset too. We all going to get that you're crying, <laughs> you know, like, but we, but the, but, you know, we got to like, it's not, it's almost nine o'clock. We got to get, and same thing, you know, you have the same conversations, you know, with the team. It's like, yeah. You know, I know that you want us to be doing X, Y, Z, but this is just what it, this is what it takes. And at the same time, when people have a goal that they believe is valuable, that they know that you believe is valuable and you can rally everybody around like let's doing this, whether as everybody, you know, we need to get upstairs and get our teeth brushed so we can watch a show before bedtime or <laughs> we need to get 
you know, to get all the, you know, to get all the lists of the operators in Colorado because we're going to Denver and we want meetings. Like, you know, we need to raise $10 million, whatever it is, to like just coalesce everybody around a goal and get everybody hyped up about it. It, it works the same at work and at home, I think. Yeah. And I think like a big, like one thing that we've been intentional about from the beginning is like involving our children, like in our business. Mm -hmm. And so when we were out <laughs> at, you know, going and touring properties, like during like the acquisition phase, like they, especially when they were young, before they had even started daycare, like they'd be out there like working on construction projects. Like we, I'd have one on my back holding another and, you know, walking through the property with contractors, like this is right, this is wrong. Um, yeah. And even like now with building Nectar, like Derek mentioned earlier, like they come to the office, like they understand, like we talk through, like they've sit, sat in on meetings with us and, you know, they ask a lot of questions. I mean, they're young, but like the amount of information that they can absorb and like the fact that they like see us out here, like working really, really hard every single day. Like, I think that's just instilled a certain like worth ethic inside of them um, that we see translate every day, like when they're at school or like when we're talking to their teachers, um, like their abil ability to really like follow through and actually get something done. Um, yeah. You know, I think them seeing us out here doing it and like us and like involving them every day, I think has, you know, made a big difference. For sure. It's a lot of leading by example, it sounds like, I think, yeah. uh, from from that. And Derek, is uh, the French show thing this morning? Is that is that recent? It sounds like it's very <laughs> forefront and recent for you today. <laughs> it wasn't this morning, but it was, tr it was very true. It was very, she was very upset. You know, like, the whole thing. <laughs> uh, it's that's good. I, I only ask these questions. These are this is the episode I'll go back to and listen to again when I have a family and be like, oh yeah, I gotta take notes. I gotta take notes. Call Derek and Brittany, ask them tons of questions. I'm struggling. I don't have any sleep. Um, yeah, it's gonna be this is gonna be the episode well, that I for you. The thing is, like we the good thing is like we started off doing a business before kids, then had kids while doing a business, and now we're starting a business having some experience with business and some experience with kids. So like, we're just building a business that fits the, the life that we have. And like, yeah. I, that's for any entrepreneur, like have, have an idea of the life that's going to keep you sane. And that's going to like get you and then build a business around that. Don't build a, like, you know, it has to work together. You still have to be successful, but you can build a business that fits the life that you want. You really, and it can be a fast growing, like serious business too. I love it. I love it. Well, I know we've talked a lot about previous life and parenting and stuff, but tell us about Nectar. So like, what is the concept behind Nectar? What got you guys into tech stars uh, with this business? Obviously, you saw a problem. Um, what is the solution? I want to hear every single detail. And for every audience <laughs> member that's listening, um, I'm going to ask a lot of dummy questions because I am not on the real estate side. So Please forgive me for all of the the super one on one questions, but I really do want to know just from the problem that you guys are solving and what Nectar is for obviously the uh, the audience sake. But. Awesome. Yeah, and if we like yeah. skip over things, let us know because yeah, we're yeah. we, we want what we're explaining. Um, Nectar is a cat. We provide cash flow based financing, so like we allow you to get future net cash flow that you're generating you know between one and five years today so that you can use that capital to make renovations to 
buy the, to put up a down payment for an additional property to do whatever you to need. grow your team grow your team as you, as you scale as you yep yep to you know to do whatever is required we're basically a, a, a cash flow based financing uh, for real estate entrepreneurs okay so for so for cash flow based financing what does it take for well actually I have two questions that maybe will go together um, can you be a property management company that is doing it? Do you have to be the owner of the property? You can be a property management company. We've okay. worked with property management companies. We've worked with arbitragers. We've worked with, you know, uh, people. We've worked with owners. We've worked with owners through their property management companies. So partnering with property management companies to, you know, make advance to the owners. Uh, the idea is we want to be flexible. And we want to solve your, your financing issues. Like that's the yeah. whole idea. Perfect. Okay. And then so, with this, what is it? What's the minimum requirement? And kind of walk me through maybe on the financing side, because um, if it's cash flow based, obviously there's got to be some kind of proof of revenue, right? There's got to be some revenue generated. Um, but then, how, from a, a financing s standpoint, you know, do banks or how does this fund work? Like, I guess where do you guys get this capital to to do that? Yeah. So the so one is how you get the capital. Others like you know minimum requirements. You want to take minimum requirements? I'll take capital. <laughs> <laughs> sure. So yeah, for minimum requirements, we like to see um, operators have at least two to three years of experience um, in like the rental industry. Um, additionally, for any properties that you want us to provide an advance for, that property has to have at least one year of stabilized cash flow. So like one year of stabilized operations. Yeah. And, we, okay. and yeah, we look at, and so basically we're, we're going to take a bunch of data that we already have. We're going to take your data and we're going to make, say, Hey, we think that you can make a hundred grand over the next X years, let's say three years, just for some, for easy numbers. And, you know, we'll give you 75 grand today. And you just pay us that, or you know, or we'll give you. We think you'll make one thirty or one forty. We'll give you a hundred, and we'll pay you seventy for that hundred today. Or so, you know, that's basically how it works. And then you pay us that hundred over the three years. Um, the the numbers aren't exactly that, but you know, <laughs> uh, but it's, you know that's the, that's the concept. Um, and where are we getting the money from? So we have two sources of capital primarily. Uh, we have a like a, a, a debt facility that allows us to just borrow money and give it to you, uh, you know, that, that we have. Um, and then we have you know, two funds, one fund that we raised in the first quarter uh, that we've deployed at this point. Um, and another that we're raising now and the fund we're raising now for, you know, for anybody out there who's like, you know, looking to put place their money someplace. Um, we pay out a distribution every quarter, like, you know, of, between three and 4%, depending on, uh, you know, if you're an early adopter, you can get a 4% every quarter, pay it out no matter what. It's the lockup period. And then after the lockup period, you can request your money back at any time and we just fund it back. Um, but it's, you know, 4% a quarter, uh, cash you can take, you can reinvest, or you can, you know, deposit and do, do whatever you'd like with. So this is for someone like, let's say I come in, I, come, I go, you know, Brittany, Derek, here is, hundred grand. I'm going to give you hundred grand to put in this fund to go deploy to operators and owners. And then I would get 4% every quarter back or what's the 4%? Is it the 4% just a return on the investment? 
Yeah. Every quarter you give us a hundred dollars. Every quarter we'll give you four dollars until you say okay. I want my hundred dollars back, and then we'll give you hundred dollars gotcha. back. Um, okay. And 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 this and this is only for so every time we launch a fund, we give incentives for people to like move fast. So for the first quarter of the launch, we're allowing this. After the first quarter, it goes back to three percent a quarter. Yeah. Uh, so we did that for our, our first fund. We had incentives. We got people in, and then you know the. the Stragglers had you know had lower returns, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, uh, but yeah, that's kind of how, yeah that, that's how it works, and Very it's backed cool. so, by the by the cash flow of you know super you know awesome real estate entrepreneur, for sure. And so, what it like from a high level view? Let's like let's take it to a really really high level, industry focus rather than like an operator or a team or a company focus for. An industry, what? Why is this so important for you guys to 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 build this company, um, to to give cash flow or not cash flow? Sorry, to give capital to operators to grow. What do you? What are your big goals and what do you guys see? This, you know, how do you see this playing a big role in the industry from the next, let's say, two to five years? Yeah, and I'll let let Brittany if you have. Uh, I'll let. Uh, sorry. Whoever wants to go first. <laughs> go for it, Brittany. Yeah, you, you. yeah, I think um, one thing that we all know um, as real estate entrepreneurs is that real estate is just a very capital intensive business. Um, in order to grow and scale your company, you need money. Um, and what we are trying to do is to break down the barriers um, to financing in the short-term rental industry. So, Really, what we are here to do is to provide capital um, in order to help real estate owners, arbitragers, property managers truly scale um, their business. Yeah. And I'd say to piggyback off of that, like we've been in the business and it's just not that the, it's for the size and for the, you know, the importance of the real estate industry. The capital markets are just not that friendly. Like banks, yeah. they don't even they don't even count rental income as income, <laughs> you know, like how, I don't know, but they don't like, you know, so like you have the options are equity. You have an LP equity who's going to take 70, 80% of the upside uh, a lot of times, or you have debt and they're going to give, take a mortgage on your property and they're only going to give you 65 to 75% of the capital, maybe a little, you know, maybe more depending on, you know, the, the size of the business and you know, other factors. Um, yeah. We're here to say, look, you have a cat, you have cash flowing assets. We recognize that cash flow, and you should have a financing like op option that just works for the actual business you have. So you're not trying to like figure out how to make it fit in a certain way to you know fit a bank's box. It's like, no, you have a business. It's generating cash flow. Like you know, we you should be able to use the cash flow that you're generating to get money to do what you need to do to keep things going. And that's what we're set up to be so that people can you know, actually be able to build sustainable businesses without having to sell, you know, 70% outside of the properties that they're working on. 100%. No, that's really good. And for, I guess, the big, I don't know what to, to really call it, but I guess for operators that get into this, you know, I, I'm trying to figure out how to word it properly without sounding a little off but uh shoot normally this doesn't happen no, uh, just for, okay we can workshop the best question <laughs> okay. <laughs> <edited> it <laughs> yeah yeah so i guess i what i'm really trying to ask is you know for you know the, the industry is growing so much we're seeing short-term rentals become the more 
preferred lodging, you know, type, right? We're, we're seeing hotels kind of go, not go away, but definitely decrease in the overall occupancy and, and again, just being the preferred lodging choice. Uh, with the current housing market and everything right now in the States, are you guys seeing operators still growing in the sense of buying more into their portfolio or is it really just to help grow teams and brand and, you know, other operations is what they're really like. What, I guess two questions with the housing market, are you seeing growth? And then for these operators, what's the number one thing that they're really using for, you know, with this cash, is it, is it to grow the team? Is it to grow the portfolio? Is it to do X, Y, and Z? Like, what would you say the big, things uh the applicable you know use cases are for for this uh capital yeah i'd say like firstly with the environment we're certainly like just being more conservative like just like mm. it, it, we're in an environment there's more uncertainty and we just got to be just realistic about that uh every year isn't going to be 2021 like every year yeah. isn't going to be a better year and that's okay like you, that you can still be prudent and you know and there, there are going to be opportunities uh, and cash flow is in an inflationary environment. Cash flow is worth even more because that's, you know, money today is worth more than like, you know, not getting the cash flow and having a big payday later. Um, yeah, so, so like we are reacting to the market by, you know, looking harder, you know, <laughs> and, and, you know, stress testing before we you know, make advances. So you're going to, we're still open for business and we still think we'll believe in the market, but uh, yeah, the, you, when you go through the underwriting process, you're going to see, we're going to be stress testing. Like what happens if the market drops 15% uh, and well, what's going to happen is we're still going to be covered. <laughs> uh, you know, they were going to make sure that um, uh, in terms of how, how people are using the money, yeah, for- I mean, we de- we're definitely I mean, we get people in the door every single day. And yes, people are still buying up a lot of properties. Um, so I don't know if there's like one use case that's, I don't know, more popular than another. But yeah, like down payment funding, um, renovation capital is another big one is, people, you know, working on like larger construction projects. Um, hiring, you know, a team or a staff as you scale. What do you, any other use cases that you? Balance sheet capital. We've had people that, you know, just, you know, need to have you know, additional liquidity for uh, various deals they're trying to do. Um, and I think like one cool thing, oh, another one would be like furnishings. So like once you buy mm. property, like obviously like the furnishings expense can, you know, be really high. So a lot of people, yeah. um, um, we'll use this for, uh, you know, furnishing capital. But another piece, like in terms of like the renovation, I mean, we've had people that have used our capital to do like an, an like a big renovation. Um, but we've also had people use us for just putting a pool outside um, in order to really like increase like the ADRs that they're getting on their properties. Um, so it's really like a wide range, I'd say. It has been a, it has been a wide range. Yeah, I was going to say, which is great because that means that not only are you solving the use case of growing their portfolio, but really enhancing their current portfolio that they currently have on, you know, increase, like you said, increasing ADR by doing renovations, adding a pool. Uh, I think that's one thing. And I would love your guys' thoughts and opinion on it too, is uh, I think, you know, as property managers, I come from the property management side. I'm not an owner. I don't do like buying of properties and, you know, putting them on a short-term rental program. But um the one thing I noticed is that with property managers not being the owners of their properties, they don't really kind of 
have that hard conversation with their ownership or ownership groups um, about keeping up on, Hey, like, you know, the house is a little outdated. The, right. you know, maybe this needs to be fixed. This needs to be painted, whatever it may be to maintain that. You know, I think a lot of properties or property managers get the property, they sign it, they put it in the program, they get it booked and they just let it run. And they don't think about, okay, like what can we do in order to like, we had a great year. What can we do to make it better on the revenue side? Obviously that it's going to take capital. Uh, you can't just let these properties, you know, sit there and kind of be forgotten. So, you know, it's good best, that I go ahead. I mean, the, but the, we, what we're seeing is some really good forward thinking property managers are coming to us saying, Hey, we have prop, we have properties in our portfolio where our owners, they need to make some, they need to do some enhancements and brush things up. And they yeah. want to use us. They can come to their owner and say, Hey, you need to do X and Y and Z. And Hey, here's a capital. So you don't have to have any money out of your pocket sign here. You know, and we'll and they and they bring that value to their owners. Where they will manage the uh, the renovations. They already have a team to manage the renovation, and they bring Nectar as a partner to bring in the capital. Um, so we've seen that work really effectively, and we love working with managers. You know, it helps them stand out. Uh, helps them get higher revenue because their ADRs go up after yeah. the renovation, uh, and it helps their owners. You know, help them differentiate themselves by really adding value to their owners. No, for sure. That's definitely. Uh... Yeah, like a really good value add, I think, just for the overall PM side. It's uh, it's not just to grow another portfolio and and to add, you know, to add door count. It's really to sustain the current door count that they have, which is very important. I think right now, especially like you said with the market, if we go a whole another direction, um, we got to take care of what we got. So I think it's uh, it's gonna be really important. So that's really cool. Um, for you guys, what's been Hmm. Let's say in entrepreneurship in general, uh, outside of Nectar, what has been the top lesson that you've had to learn that you still apply to this day, whether it's early on, whether it's recent? Uh, what's a big lesson in entrepreneurship that you've had to, to really learn and, and just continue to apply throughout your, your journey together? We'll start with Brittany first. Oh, that's a good one. I think like the biggest lesson that I learned is that it's okay to fail um, at things. And we've been fortunate that like none of our failures have been too big for us to overcome. But I think like when you're like an entrepreneur and a business owner, you like are obviously very passionate about what you do and you want to be able to like scale it and really succeed at it. But there are always going to be challenges and obstacles along the way. And it can feel really scary to fail or for something not to work in the way that you intend. Um, but it's less about the failure and more about the response. Um, mm -hmm. And so like that is just something that I think that as we've grown as like business partners um, that we've really focused on is like, okay, this is the situation we're in. Like, how do we get out of it and how do we grow from from what happened? So, yeah, I don't know, being okay with failure, but and really just like focusing on how can we grow um, and be better. I love that. I love that. What about you, Derek? Um, uh, that it pays to think long term. Like, you know, there's so many reasons. Like everything might push you to be to to think about short term. You know, if I could just get this one thing, then it'll be like the thing. Then I'll be fine. I'll be able to make sure the next. But like yeah. it just it just pays to just be like look, you know, and, and success is not linear. 
and the career isn't linear yeah. and businesses aren't like, you know, revenue doesn't go just like this in one direction. <laughs> uh, it goes up and down and makes jumps and dives. And, uh, and for you to like in those times, like, dang, you messed up. Dang, to just, just think about, okay, I'm in this game. I'm going to be here in 10 years. So what do what does what does someone who's gonna be what does ten years from now, Derek, want today, Derek, to do and to think and to take yeah. on this, and like you know, like all everything, like every situation can be a success over the long enough time frame if you're focused there. If you're like, well, I you know, I did this project and you know we bought a property in the wrong location and the hoa is gonna it's gonna shut us down and it's coming <laughs> which we've done <dealt> <laughs> and it's like and like we, we can fight we can like you know or um and we're gonna take an ill and we're gonna have a conversation with our investors and we're gonna have all the egg on our face and we're gonna have all this stuff okay well you know what what to learn from this what to take of this how to be a stronger company how to be stronger partners how to be stronger partners to my current and future investors over the scale of the next 10 years based off of what I can do right now today. And, uh, and when you do that every day, you know, then you look back and it's like, wow, two years ago, I'm sure, <laughs> sure I'm glad that I did what I did then now, uh, because I was thinking yeah. long and like just long-term thinking just matters so much because later is longer, you know, like you might have big issues today, but there, that's a short amount of time you're going to be in the later stage for a longer amount of time. You might as well do the things now that are going to pay off mm. later. I love that. That's really, those two really good takeaways. Like I think those are one of my two favorites that we've had on the show. So I give you guys a big round of applause for that. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, it's, it's just really good. Like I think, you know, so often, and that's kind of the whole focus of the show is not only to highlight what you guys are doing in the industry, but I think there's so much context behind these lessons with, what you guys have gone through. And I think any entrepreneur, whether they're in the industry or not, that listens to your guys' story, that hears these, you know, takeaways, like it could be applied to any industry, to any background, to any type of, you know, I guess, journey that people are on. And I think it's, that's the most important part, right? And I, I really love getting these lessons because it's like something that we could really use as, I don't, I, I don't know, Maybe maybe it's because it's a little different because I'm single and I don't have my business partner and life partner to go like talk to invent stuff about. But, you know, like at the end of the day, it's just so it's such a crazy experience being a, a creator of like a company that does all this, you know, whatever, um, you know, type of stuff that you guys do. Uh, not you guys, but in general, um, it's just it's just wild. So, so I think like these lessons are so important. The context behind it is great. Um, and yeah, it's just I think we we need more founders, you know, sharing that type of information rather than, uh, you know, just put our heads down and grinding a little too hard, uh, sometimes. But yeah, no, that's great. Uh, I just want to say for oh, go ahead, Derek. So yeah, Sorry. well, you need that too. <laughs> like, yeah, I think by default founders grind. I think though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. For the audience uh, that's listening or watching the live stream. Where is the number one place that you want to send people to learn more about you two or about Nectar and what you guys are doing? Is there a, is there a direction you want to send anybody? Uh, the best way to learn more about Nectar and what we're up to is our website, which is usenectar.com. So U-S-E-N-E-C-T-A-R.com. Yeah, perfect. And, I, and I'd say that 
um, like right now, we actually are going to Colorado next month and we'd love to talk to any outstanding real estate entrepreneurs. I think we'll be in the Vale area. Vale and Beaver Creek. And we're going to be there at the beginning of September. Beginning of September. Yeah. So a little okay. over a month away. So a little over a month away, but we're there. We're going there. <laughs> we're trying to find the top 10 real estate entrepreneurs in that area. Like, you know, so if you're, if you are that person or if you know that person, please hit us up. We would love to talk to you. Um, and, and just, you know, learn about your business, learn about the market and, you know, figure out if you want some money. That, that's OK, too. <laughs> uh, uh, but no, but really, we're here to learn about these, you know, learn about the markets we're going to to see where we can add value, uh, see where we can, you know, in, invest appropriately. So I say, like, pr particularly if you're out there in, you know, in Denver and, 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 and you're one of the top operators, we'd love to hear from you um, or anywhere in the world. But that's just where we're going to be going next. Uh, and saying, and if you're, if you love the short-term rental space, you love the risk reward, but you don't want to do the work and you just want to have a check show up every <laughs> quarter, also hit us up, use nectar.com. Uh, we will, well, you know, we, we, our fund too is open for investors. Awesome. And when you guys are in Denver and Colorado, you need to swing by, we need to grab a drink or a bite or something, yes. because I would love to meet you guys in person. Um, yeah. I, I've, you know, we've, we've talked so many times over the computer that I think it's it's about damn time that we get to, to meet up and, and, and actually yeah yeah perfect. 100%. Well, you heard it here. Awesome. Well, you heard it here first, slick talkers. Go ahead, check out usenectar.com. Make sure that you connect with Derek and Brittany on everything that they're doing with the business and short-term rentals. And we'll see you guys all again next week. Thank you so much for listening and thank you to our show partners for making Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast possible. We hope you enjoy the show and we would love to connect with you outside of the podcast. So you can follow us on all of our social media channels for daily hospitality content or find us on slicktalkthepodcast.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. I'm your host, Will Slickers, and we will see you guys all again next week.